0: Cliffcentral.com
1: JJ Cornish, how are you, sir?
0: Bonjour, I'm well. Don't you think you're being a little hard on Tribal <laughs> Sonora? Uh,
1: I was waiting, <laughs> I knew you'd have something to say about that. So JJ <laughs> It is time for us to get stuck into African analysis this morning. There's always lots to talk about, but we've got a couple of things that we've got to focus in on this morning. The African analysis report is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School, looking at what is happening around the African continent. JJ, tell us about the Seychelles, because when I think of the Seychelles, I think of this tropical paradise where nothing ever goes wrong, where everything looks beautiful 24-7, where very, very wealthy people go to spend their holidays and to spend their money, and where the rest of us, maybe occasionally will see one of those Instagram posts from one of those people, but otherwise have no chance of going there.
0: The Seychelles is, of course, a part of Africa, right? Indeed it is. And if I said to you, Gareth, you're going to have to spend nearly a year in jail in the Seychelles, you'd say, okay, well, worse things could happen. Hmm. Well, for the Nisswas, the uh, Frenchman uh, Thomas Dabisi, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's uh, Congolese partner, Emmanuel Padambinga, she actually was hanged in the bathroom of their uh, hotel room.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And he oh. was arrested for the murder, and he spent nearly a year in jail <clears throat> in the Seychelles. It was, it, it was the longest trial in Seychellois history. There were 28 people went into the dock. That finally, he's been found, he's been acquitted. They sure. found that the, the, the woman had actually it was very, very upset at the time and it had committed suicide. So, and uh, now yeah. uh, the, his, his lawyer is saying, you know, this is, uh, I was absolutely sure that he was innocent. Uh, and uh, six out of eight jurors found him innocent or acquitted him. And uh, yeah. they're saying that the police in the Seychelles should actually review their protocols that yeah. this could happen. But it, it really is quite amazing, you know, a story about hell in paradise or death in paradise. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a book or a famous play to that effect. But a, a, a very interesting story. I thought uh, uh Say is 35 years old and he's a street artist. So hmm. I don't know what he's going to go back to doing uh where in fact he practices his art but uh maybe back in paris but uh it's just a story that he'll have for the rest of his life
1: so jj i mean when we think of the seychelles we think of those 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 holidays those perfect beaches those beautiful mountains i mean it really is the most magnificent place it's a jewel but no one no one wants to spend a year in jail anywhere and i can't imagine that a seychelles jail is is any better than a jail anywhere else in the world. It's still a jail. Um, is is this might, is might this, even
0: be worse? You know, might even uh, be yeah. Worse. I remember I, I covered Eshel Rudy's uh, uh, being held in, in. I was, you know, I was with family in Nice. Eshel Rudy was held in the prison in Nice, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was pretty grim the situation. And then when they took him to Le Bomet in Marseille, also, you know, Le Bomet was the prison from where Papillon. was sent to the penal colony. Uh, But Le Bourmet, it has these great big walls and with people being crushed by their sins, you know, by avarice, by greed. (laughs) Freezes of these these humans uh, being crushed by their sins. So, uh, yeah, I don't imagine prison anywhere is fun. But uh, Seychelles, you know, it made the news, obviously, because of uh, Jimmy Mansham. Uh, 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 the, uh, who uh, w- was deposed. And then, of course, uh, the, the, the South Africans who tried to take over the Seychelles. Yes. Do you remember? The the mercenaries. So it has a place in South African history. Well, But it certainly yeah. now has a place in the heart of uh, Thomas W.T. Sayer.
1: No, JJ it's interesting you know there was also an attempt to take over the Comores the Seychelles these are, these islands seem to be ripe targets for people who wish to impose regime change at force and, and and by will um obviously if you're a if you're the government of a small island nation like the the Seychelles the Comores maybe Mauritius or Reunion these are the kinds of places that uh, you don't need terribly many soldiers and you probably wouldn't need too much resource and ammo to be able to take over. So they must always be on their toes about these things.
0: It must be very, very frightening. I mean, basically no. for the Seychelles, I think you need, what, beach wardens and deck chair attendants and, <laughs> and maybe something to look after <laughs> the giant tortoises and stuff like that. You know, those are the people. Uh, and then suddenly you've got, what was it, What they called themselves the Froth Blowers Association or something, and all these guys arriving with hardware, uh, and that's how they got caught, you know, when they started unpacking this stuff. Wow. Why are you bringing four uh, light machine guns mm. for a beach holiday? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, they've got some very big crabs here. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. JJ, yeah, but interesting.
1: interesting story coming out of, out of Britain, which has caused a huge amount of controversy. Apparently, the British are sending a whole lot of illegal migrants to, of all places, Rwanda and I saw the Archbishop of Canterbury saying that uh, this is outrageous and how can Britain behave like this, and surely they have the moral fortitude to do the right thing. Uh, Why on earth would Britain be sending illegal migrants to Rwanda? How does that arrangement work?
0: Well, this is perhaps one of Boris Johnson's dead cats. Boris Johnson believes that if you get him into a corner Mm -hmm. in an argument, you've got him beat. He puts his hand into a satchel and hauls out a dead cat, Whoop and slaps it on the table. And everybody goes, oh, my God, ah, dead cat. ah." And suddenly everybody's talking about the dead cat, not his argument. Now, everybody was talking about this, about Rwanda now, instead of the fact that he's been fined, and he did say, Boris Johnson, earlier on, if I get fined over the uh, COVID parties, uh, then I will resign. You know, if, if I'm found to have broken the law, suddenly nobody's saying, how are you breaking the law? The fact is though, 60% of Brits don't like what is happening in terms of uh, migration, illegal migration. You know, they, they voted for Brexit. Those who voted for Brexit voted very largely mm-hmm. to, to uh, against the kind of liberal uh policies on accepting migrants. They they vote and suddenly they voted to keep Britain British and all of a sudden the illegal migrants are coming in. Something like eight thousand so far this year, twenty eight thousand last year. So Boris can recognise a real political threat when he sees it, and maybe a dead cat's not going to work on this one. So he's gone for it and he's got to, probably his nastiest cabinet minister, Pretty Patel. My goodness. She really is a piece of work. She goes off to Rwanda, mm-hmm. and they've made a deal, $150 million, and you'll take in our illegal migrants, process them, and if we can't, if they can't uh, come to Britain, well, then uh, yeah, let them stay there, and they will find prosperity and so on. Huh. Well, it seems that Paul, Paul Kagame, he, uh, he's already taken in something like 170,000 uh, migrants from other places, and he does it for the money. But the interesting thing, if you like a little irony, how about this? (laughs) Less than a year ago, Britain's ambassador to the United Nations said in the Security Council, we need an urgent investigation into the extrajudicial killings, the uh, disappearances, the torture and the deaths in custody of uh, people in Rwanda. Less than a year later... This is where they're sending their migrants uh, wow. <laughs> to be processed. As Justin Welby said, they're subcontracting their responsibilities. Phenomenal. And he said it is the, ver- the very opposite of the nature of God. So, And, and the, the, the Archbishop of York, the second highest Anglican uh, cleric, right. also criticized it. But now we have pretty pretty Patel saying, "Well, basically, none of your bloody business, mate." You know? Right. Well, I mean,
1: do do you think that the long term goal here is to is to make illegal immigrants think twice about going to Britain because you might actually, you know, luck of the of the dice, you might end up in Rwanda.
0: Well, this is what Australia did when they when they sent off illegal migrants to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they've tried to export their migration problem and it's costing enormously. It's reckoned that it's going to cost uh, something like, uh, uh, 600,000 Rand for every, for every one of these migrants that they have to keep, uh, they send to Rwanda and maintain there, uh, for, and, 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 and pay for. So it's going to be hugely, hugely costly. It, it's immoral. It's, uh, uh, cruel. And it's hugely, hugely, uh, it's exploitative, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it, I don't know if this is the best possible way to solve the problem, but I suppose, the you know, illegal immigration is such a big issue to the average Brit, and those are the people who are going to vote. And Boris doesn't care about, you know, it's a lot like our, our politicians. They're not particularly interested in illegal immigrants because they're not going to vote for them.
0: Well, exactly. No. And, and well, Certainly. Certainly, but and Boris, of course, has uh, said, "Well, our uh, our compassion is uh, unmeasured, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you know. But we we cannot take everybody. He had some, he had some good line on that. Boris normally does have, but uh, it it really is. It's 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 certainly an immoral thing, and it, it was done at the Easter weekend, you know, when everything is closed down." I think when Britain wakes up and gives up chocolate, as you're about to do, uh, they get to, they, you're going to get more and more and more. There are some members within the Tory party opposed to it, certainly opposition, and thousands, literally thousands, of human rights watchdogs and, and NGOs are, are complaining. I can't see them doing this. They're supposed to be sending the first of them within weeks. Well, let's see, pretty, how far you get.
1: All right. Turning our attention back to Russia, which is something that's unavoidable at the moment. They're expanding their military clout in Africa. Um, no doubt, obviously, they've seen an opportunity. People like doing things here in Africa while other big things are going on in the world because it takes a lot to get the world to focus on our continent. And it seems whenever there's an excuse to um, distract people, look over here, don't look over here while we're doing something completely different. What are they doing now? They're they're expanding their their military clout into our continent with this very shady group. What are they called? The the Wagner Mercenary the Va- Group.
0: Yeah? Wagner Group. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, basically they've got Wagner mercenaries in Central African Republic, Sudan, in Mozambique, and in Mali. Now, this lack of accountability, no track record for human rights violations, that is exactly the sort of people they've got in there now. And uh, the Africans are quite happy to have a world power support them without any preconditions on democratic principles or respect for th- human rights. This is we had why the Chinese support for Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And China quite un- unashamedly says, yes, we're offering support. We don't make it conditional on what you're doing in terms of fiscal discipline, human rights, uh, anything things like that, we're offering you support. And it seems to be working for Russia. Uh, their, their first uh, Russia-Africa summit in 2019, they had 43 African presidents attending that one. Sure. Between 2015 and 2019, Russia signed no fewer than 19 military collaboration agreements with uh, african governments so this is what africa wants uh, what russia wants with africa and one of the things they want and it's the same as the chinese is they want african votes at the united nations and you know there's 54 of them it's quite a block so mm. uh, so it's it's very interesting for to see what russia is doing and if they can uh, flex their muscle more and more. And they, of course, uh, Russia is involved in Libya. I don't know if they have Wagner mercenaries there, but Russia is involved in, 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 in Libya too, which is probably the least stable country on the continent.
1: So who is this Wagner group? They sound uh, very interesting. Why, why do we not know so much about them?
0: Well, we're learning more and more and more. And I don't know, uh, I think there was a Wagner who was uh, the the guy who uh, form them, but they get Russian support now they maintain it 's certainly in the case of Mali and in Mozambique that they 're doing training, not that they have mercenary boots on the ground, but they, they don 't pretend anything else mm. but that in central African republic and sudan so so they, so they are there with the blessing of the wow. uh, uh, russian government
1: well we 've also got to ask why it is that so many um, African countries will just give a block vote to Russia. Um, Because those are our leaders and we've got to be responsible for them. We can't always cry victim and say, oh, well, Russia's abusing us. But, you know, if we had any backbone, we would still be saying no to them. So there's something that we could perhaps find in the mirror. Uh, rather than just trying to make this about Vladimir Putin, who we know is a, is a is a bad actor. Anyway, JJ, always good to see you. Thank you very much for your bit this morning. It's useful information that we'd love to get and uh, information that we won't get from anyone else. JJ Cornish, the African Analysis Report, which is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. We'll see you again in a few days' time. Looking
0: forward to it. Thanks, JJ. There's JJ Cornish. Cliffcentral.com.